Welcome to FRA. Holy shit. You. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. And my brain's just been humming because Jim walked in the coffee shop and he's like, so I got an armored personnel carrier. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just you for your personal use? No, I'm trying to flip it actually, but <laughs> really? we'll play with it for a little while. <laughs> what it's is a, it? It's it's called a GPV. I think Armor Group made it. Okay. It was like 2.9 originally. What? Yeah, it's like almost brand new. It was like their trade show model. Holy shit. It looks like something out of a Batman movie. Really? Like 15 like the- pack, level seven, thermal cameras all throughout. It swims, what? six wheels, 40,000 pounds. Holy Things crap. fucking sick. So have you been driving it around? A little bit. Do you, it can, drives can pretty you good. you license that? They said it's street legal. I don't know. I, <laughs> who, who is they? Who is the they? The, the people that I paid the money to. to get it. Uh, I don't see how it could be though. Yeah. Um, because even if you, I mean, where do you go to insure that thing? Well, I mean, I I've never had to, to yeah, I've never had to insure <laughs> an APC. I, I would 40, love. 40,000 pounds. Yeah. Can you even drive that over some bridges? Like you're not gonna go I don't to know, New it's England. It's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. The um, it goes like 65 miles an hour. It has like the front wheels turn and the back wheels turn, so it turns pretty sharp. Has a ram on the front, go electronic ram. So are you just using it for content? No, I got it because I got it f- for a deal, and I want to flip it and make got money, it. and then use con use it for content in between. Not but like I knew that. as soon as it showed up, I'm not, I wasn't gonna want to sell it, and yeah. I don't. I already have like 10 different ideas That's what that I'm I want to use like, for. All morning, I'm like, Dude. we got all these coffee delivery commercials yes, that we can do with here's, this thing, man. Here's the thing. You guys should be the customer that buys it. It'd yeah. be great. Then yeah. I could still right? play with it. There yeah. we go. Like, but we could idea. do it with New your BRC money instead of my cool. money. <laughs> Yeah. We just roll up to events like with That's the an armored IOU for a three million dollar APC. You're going to want to hold on to that one. <laughs> You're going to want to hold on to that one. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually your plan all along. It's like, I just need to get this vehicle in front of these knuckleheads and yeah, they'll get yeah, it eventually. Yeah. I told him, it. I'm like, maybe I'll just drive it up to Jason's house and be like, hey, you don't got one of these, bro. He's in Hawaii. He's yeah. in, he is uh, not coming back until this entire COVID thing is over. So it's a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, excuse me. He's um, He's known for just kind of sporadic crazy purchases, but yeah. uh yeah, he's not coming back mm. until this whole thing blows over. Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. No. He's like spearfishing every day this, yeah. and like eating grabbing lobsters yeah, and exactly. stuff in the middle of the ocean. Like that sounds like a pretty good life. He yeah, exactly. Leaves the Bellagio un- unattended here in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Leaves that unattended. So Jim, Jim Staley has been a friend of ours for well, I mean before there was a black rifle, before there, before I think I, before I even moved out here to Salt Lake, we knew each other or knew yeah. of one yeah. another. Queens level. And you've yeah. known Matt since like 2010. I got some good videos of Matt. I've been waiting to surface. Really? Yeah. Of us boxing in Sully. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. You guys work together in Northern Iraq, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I knew you because you had and still do delivered dynamics. Mm-hmm. And because we used to buy gear from you because you're kind of the, the gear guy. Yeah, the gear nerd. Yeah. yeah. 
and you were the Arcteryx hookup. Everybody knew <laughs> Jim yeah. and you were the Arcteryx hookup. So I knew you of your name and your company only because it was like, you were the, you were the guy to buy shit from yeah. you and uh, <laughs> Dave Kramer. Yeah. 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 I was just talking to Dave. Got to link up with him. I think he's still over at Magpul, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. 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 He's been running uh, his nonprofit. You know, yeah. We do a ton of stuff with those guys yeah, throughout the year. He's great, man. So uh, give us your background, man. Like, like introduce yourself to the First, audience. I want to tell oh, a story yeah. about uh, pre-Black Rifle. Yeah, please. Because I tell the story all the time. <laughs> yeah. People are like, you know the guys over there? I'm like, yeah. And no one before there was Black Rifle. I'm like, we used to sit down at my little rinky-dinky place and uh, and like twist ray and some yeah. of this stuff. And I, and I always use that as an example. I'm like... Evan and Jeff would come in here with some kind of little invention or a little trinket or something like, what do you think? Let's do this, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I'm like, and then when he tells me, he's like, now we're, now we're doing coffee and this and that. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, and, uh, and I always tell him, I'm like, but the, the thing that you can take away from that is never stop swinging. Like this doesn't work. All right, boom, going for this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and thinking outside the box, like who would ever thought like, coffee was going to be your thing. I mean, well, that's the same we thing all do the you. same shit. We come back and we're like, man, I know guns and I'm going to start a training company yeah. and I'm going to get a range and I like gear. So I'm going to start selling gear. And then at some point you bust out a calculator, but you've already spent all your savings. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> no matter the more, the more I work, the less I make. Yeah. And, uh, and I think like being able to find something the way that you guys did is pretty, pretty cool. Well, you've been the same way, you know, I'll let you go into your yeah. background, but like, I was thinking about it as I was like kind of thinking about stuff to talk about for this one. I'm like, you essentially have a content company now. I'm like, I don't know if Jim's ever actually picked up a camera. I don't even, I dude, I shit you not. <laughs> I don't, I, mean, I don't know how to turn them on. <laughs> like they just told me that the little P doesn't stand for the, that's not the professional setting. I've heard that a few times. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know anything about them and I, I don't try to know anything. I know, I mean, I can know enough to say, this is the type of shot I want. you know, I want a, a shallow shot. I want something punched in. I know a little bit, you yeah. know, I can tell when the ISO is crank. I don't know how to do any of it. I just know what it, that it exists. Well, and back in the day, several years ago, before there was Black Rifle, Jim, you were doing, um, we we would do these. I don't even know what you would call them because you'd bring in guys for Dillard Dynamics, and yeah, so like I met Tim. Thing. Yeah, I met yeah. Tim from Military Arms Channel and a bunch of those guys through you because you were doing stuff with Silencer Co. and all these other companies. So Jim was the way that I actually met a bunch of people because I was teaching sections of that course yeah, and doing yeah. some shit. Uh, it was either pistol or carbine or AK. I can't remember what it was, but it was up at, um, what was that range up um, there? Sniper country. Yeah. Sniper country yeah, up, up in Tremont. And, uh, one of the guys is reminding me, uh, I was talking to, uh, one of the guys from Magpul and he's like, yeah, you were like making a French press one morning and like going down the rabbit hole on coffee and saying yeah. a bunch of crazy ass shit. And I was like, this dude's never going to make it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let them apples. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I met a ton of people through you when we first came out to Utah because the network is so small and you were the only guy that I knew kind of in, in the veteran entrepreneur space that was actually 
making a no shit business out of it. Like you were making at least enough money that you could afford your own office or yeah, an employee or two. It, It was, it was really, really cool just to see that because I remember thinking about that a lot where, um, we were driving around in your Raptor one day and I was like, man, this fucking Raptor is dope as fuck. <laughs> I want one of these things, you know? And, uh, and I can't remember, we were, we were in some f- weird conversation about like marketing or something or whatnot. And, yeah. and you remember those, cause the Raptor has all those switches on the top, yeah. you know, like you can put like 30 yeah, lights up there. Official. Yeah. It's, it feels like you're going to turn the Raptor into a Batmobile or yeah. something. Yeah. But we were cruising around and we were bullshitting and I was like, one of these days, man, you know what? I'm going to turn enough profit where I'm going to have me a Raptor one of these days too. And, uh, but Jim, yeah, Jim was like the guy. No, you do and you hate it. I do. I hate yeah. it. <laughs> that thing I is a it. money pit. It's disgusting. It's horrible. <laughs> but it, you were like the guy when we, when, uh, when we first got out here, you were the first real veteran entrepreneur that I saw that was really like putting a fucking dent in it and going, I'm not going back to deploying. This is what I do. Um, you know, I run a fucking business and I'm making a go at it. And you were, you were successful at it. You're like the first guy that I saw that was like really no shit successful at it. So. Yeah. I mean, everything's, as you know, is like junk show behind the scenes. So when you're, when you're getting things going, but. Well, you kind of like stumbled into business world by accident, didn't you? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I, uh, um, I mean, I took some business classes. I was, I was in an MBA program at SDSU and when I kind of started everything, but yeah, I mean, we originally started Deliver Dynamics just as like, it was a tax haven for, you know, for, uh, contracting. And then I was like, man, well, we got a company name. Maybe I'll just like call up cool and say, Hey, what does it take to set up an account? So we could all buy shit at half price. Right. And then I just schlepped duffel bags over to over to the main and, and hand out gear yeah it was like literally like a pawn shop <laughs> and uh well uh, so i mean wouldn't, wouldn't say it was by accident i definitely tack ass was an accident yeah um it was <laughs> so that same range we yeah. hosted this event and uh dave over at uh zev will laugh when he hears this he's heard it a thousand times but they're doing this photo shoot. And so Zev's coming out to uh, use our range and Trigicon jumped in on it and Surefire, maybe a couple other brands. Um, and they, uh, Brain Farm. Who are, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time was like, hey, we're going to dabble in this tactical stuff. And I don't know what kind of deal they had with them, but they come out, you know, and they have these carbon fiber cameras on gimbals and hundreds of thousand dollar drones with I don't know how many blades and phantom this and phantom that. And, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is like the real deal. I can't wait to see what this looks like, you know? And, and then all of a sudden the guys are getting dressed up and they're opening up boxes and unwrapping uniforms and don't have this and missing that. And one guy's 80 years old and the other guy's right. 12 and, yeah. and, uh, there's no like plan. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, this is, this is how you do this, huh? And then of course the stuff was kind of meh. And, uh, um, I was like, man, we can do this better than this. And, uh, a guy that was going to some of our courses, uh, was a photographer and he didn't really have a day job, you know, had, had money and I had delivered dynamics and neither one of us really had to eat off it right away. And we had some money we could put into it. And 
And uh, so we kind of just dabbled in it. And then all of a sudden we're like, man, there's some, this has got some legs. And then, I mean, just like you, we're one minute, uh, you're kind of like, oh, this is kind of cool. And the next minute you're like, I can't fill coffee fast enough in my garage. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. isn't working. Yeah. Kind of the same idea. Well, I went through, uh, I did one of your deliberate dynamics courses. I can't uh, remember which one it was. The gunfighter, I think. Yeah, where the gunfighter course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun, man. Yeah. Like it was two days long and the training and instruction and exercises in that was like as good as, if not better than any training I went through in the military. Yeah. Like I remember it was like 10 o'clock at night and you just stuck us in the one room of this huge house up at Hiawatha, which is like this abandoned mining complex. It's just like the ideal place to go training. And you got a bag on your head and they just pull the bag off. And immediately there's like four people just beating the shit out of you. And you basically got to fight your way out of the house. I was like, it was just one dude, but it felt like four. (laughs) It was 12. Yeah, it was 12 12 dudes. It was 12 dudes. It was 12 dudes. dudes. One of them was seven feet tall. Yeah. I've seen him sitting on the One side of, of this bed. Everybody keeps texting me this picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was an awesome course, man. I wish uh, the more we would do and the more we would market it, the less people would come. Because everybody wants to do that or wants to have done that. Nobody wants to actually yeah. sign up for no, it. No, that, that was the same thing. Yeah. When I taught down at the Direct Action Resource Center, it was five, six days of torture and nobody wanted to fucking go to it because you're wearing a pro mask all day long, getting the shit, just beat the fuck out of you, you know, getting shot up by some munitions, sleeping two or three hours every night. Nobody wanted to go to that. You couldn't drag people to that course unless you had some fucking evil NCO that was like, you guys are going to Darcy. <laughs> and teaching that course was fucking horrible too because yeah. as an instructor... Hours, yeah. I was literally sleeping on the shoot house floor because I was like 15 minutes to the hotel and back is a half hour of sleep that I could have right now. It's like, I'm not fucking doing that. I remember droning the fuck out like after three weeks of just doing that course and just like ready to pass the fuck out. But that course, like those courses, the harder you make them, the better they are, the less people will show up. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yep. It's it's the... I mean, pick your poison, shooting, the gym, fighting, commercial suicide to teach people what they actually need to know. (laughs) Yeah. You're not selling them skills. You're selling them confidence. So you, you want to, they're there to stroke their ego, not to like learn anything. I wish that wasn't the case. I think people actually believe that they are, but most people want to come train their jujitsu and do their wop bop chop stuff so that they can put the little jet sticker on the back of their car and, uh, you know, have all their friends tell them that, tell everyone else they're in the UFC or whatever. They don't really want to get punched in the fucking face. Mm -hmm. And you want to make money or you want to do what needs to be done. And with training, I was like, I want to make money at something else because this makes me sick. If, if I can't do it the way I, if I can't make money doing it the way that I know it's supposed to be done, then I'll be over here. Um, and that's kind of where it landed. Well, from from my perspective, um, and, and watching you kind of evolve these brands into what Tac Gas is now, like I love working with you. One because you're like you're so detail oriented, 
and like taking care of all the the logistical side of things, the planning stuff, getting the correct personnel in there. Like it goes to show you and and how you started this content company. Like if you pay attention to those little things really well and you do those little things really well, like you can figure out a way to be successful with something and ultimately work into a place now where you're sitting really pretty and working into like what free range is like hard work and adventure, man. And it seems like you're in a place where you're like, oh, I want to do a whole bunch of epic shit. And I think I can figure out a way to pay for that through this business. And it seems like it's going pretty well. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the biggest thing that I tell most guys when they're, I mean, you get it all the time. I'm sure too. Um, people see that you broke out of the mold and yeah. you came from the same knuckle dragger, dum dum place that I did. And they're like, well, if that dumbass can do it, like tell me how I do it, you know? And, um, I think the biggest thing is like, you got to get that calculator out early. Um, and, uh, I think a lot of people have good ideas and they have, they can execute them and all that. But if, if it doesn't have legs in the, uh, on the number side, you're fucked. Yeah. You have to be able to bake that in. And, but, but you're right. The, um, it's cool if you can do something that you like doing and, uh, and make money at it. Um, but there's a flip side of that too. Like a lot of people are like, do, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And yeah, I've so seen stupid. a lot of times like yeah. so turn stupid. what you love into work and ruin it forever. <laughs> that's, like, what they that's like a really Pinterest yeah. fucking post. It's not real. It's not real. That's, like, that's for Trustafarian idiots. Yeah, one of those shitty like, motivational posters. <laughs> their yeah. parents paid for their college degree. They've got like, yeah. you know, $100,000 sitting in an account with no debt. They're just yeah. like, do what you love. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool for you. You're a fucking snowboard instructor. Yeah. You're, no you're living in the Subaru that your fucking parents bought you. Like, come Austin's on, man. It's like, I snowboard instruct on my side. It's your side job. That's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> looks like Sean White, huh? But that's, but that's the thing with, I think a lot of guys, you're, you hit the nail on the head. Like getting that calculator out early and trying to understand what's profitable, what isn't profitable. Uh, you know, and the other thing that I tell people all the time is that you also have to be interested in what's yeah. happening. So if you're disinterested in what's going on, you just, it, and I said, your, your interests have to outweigh if you're, if you're really interested in just making money, there are a lot of really much easier ways to make money than running yeah. your own business. Like yeah. they're, a lot of different options out there. I know yeah. a lot of guys go into finance. It's complete fucking uh, soul crushing. Yes, yeah, soul I mean, crushing yeah. industry. But you can you can make a lot of fucking money in finance. But if you want to start your own business, it's one of the things that I love is that you got complex problems solve, solving all day long, right? So you just get all the shit thrown at you all the time. So if you like doing that, and you can manage a calculator and look at it to see if it's profitable, like you're probably going to be successful depending yeah. on how your management style is. But this fucking life uh, Pinterest meme of, you know, find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. It's like, no, there's a lot of shit that I've had to do in my life that I've loved that still feels like really fucking hard work, like really bone crushingly difficult Hard work. Yeah. And you, you have to be, you have to be willing to do the things you don't want to do. That's, mm -hmm. that's really, that's really the gap. There is no shortage of dudes that want to go shoot footage and go out to on set and work long days, even though they're hard. Everyone loves doing that. 
Right. What they don't love doing is all the tedious planning and talking to clients and building out shot lists and then coming back and going through that footage and make sure it's make sure it's right and PM in your gear and taking care of the vehicles. Like that's all the shit where the money's at. Right. The other stuff's just, you know, everyone's willing to go out there and have a good time on sex. It's fun. Um, but it's the, it's the other stuff where the money's at. Where, so do you just like working with Jim cause he's a Marine and you just, you're automatically defaulting to who you like to work with as Marines? Yeah. Have you noticed the amount of Marines that have growing within Black Rifle in the recent past? Hey man, I don't like, mind it at all. <laughs> like, I, I don't mind it at all. Like I, I, Give me, give me 10 John Crofts and we'll, yeah, we'll, right. we'll fucking <clears throat> dominate the world. I'm well, clearly biased, but I mean, pick a, pick a thing that's open to Marines that is service-based where it hasn't become lopsided. Program definitely was Marine heavy. Yep. Fucking green is super Marine heavy. HRT is super Marine heavy. Like, uh, I'm clearly I'm biased, but. Right. I think part of it is Marines are just used to having it so bad that yeah. they're happy to be yeah. there. And you yeah. can, they're like, we've been shitting on these guys and they do everything. And <laughs> yeah. they think it's awesome. <laughs> they ask for more. Yeah. These motherfuckers yeah. are crazy. Yeah. Misery loves company, man. And like, you know, when you find dudes oh. who've like gone through that, so I'm like, oh, you fucking walked through a lot of shit. You want to go walk through some more shit together? All right, let's do it. So you what'd know. you do in the Marine Corps? I know that's, I already know, but you got to tell everybody your background, yeah. man. Me? Yeah. Yeah, you. Um, I was, uh, recon Bubba spent some time at recon battalion, some time at first force, got out, worked, uh, when'd you get out? Oh, five. Oh, five. Yeah. Um, went to most of the main schools, had a, did a deployment as a point man at recon battalion and then stood up another team, uh, um, as a TL for a dive team. And then, uh, was an ATL for a free fall team at, at force and then finished off, uh, got in a bad motorcycle accident in 04 and, uh, finished off the last year, uh, at the dive locker as a dive chief, kind of like running dive super courses and people's training packages and that kind of shit. And then got out in November of 05. And by December I was in Basra with state. Really? Did the state thing for a while. Got out, got done with that in 07 when TC lost, lost their last yeah. contract and, then started that MBA thing, worked a, worked a dive gig on Pendleton on the side while I was going to school and did like a breacher school for the Navy down in, uh, down in San Diego for a little while on the side. And then eventually came on with, with, uh, the program in 09 and did that for three years and some change. There's like a continuous theme through here. It's just like hustle. Yeah, I don't know. Just I can't. I don't sit idle very good. It's a. It's uh. It definitely helps with getting shit done. But sometimes I like see people and they're kind of more chill. And I'm like, huh? Is there something for that too? You know, just can't fucking sit around. Like, yeah. Were you racing motorcycles for a little while? I did. Uh, I raced it um, at Willow Springs in California. Um, I mean, it's just club racing. But yeah. Yeah. Street bikes on. Did two seasons up there. And then now I just do track days and shit. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So when you, 12 is probably right around the same time that I met you because we all kind of converged out here in Utah. Cause I'd come out early on, I think in 
13 initially. And then we moved in 14. Uh, and when we kind of, the first time we met, I think you were still, what shop were you guys in? Were you guys way down South? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With that Draper shop. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was up in Heber. You remember that shit place that we used to have? Did you ever go up to that office like in Heber City? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were up there. And then we had like just the cast of fucking weird ass characters back in the day. Like just the the weird. Mod squad. It's yeah, just, just weird. Yeah. JT and I were talking about that the other day. It was like. The people we've known forever in the industry, it's like well, some of those guys have like fallen off or whatever, gone off and done other shit. But it's like, we still talk to the same people. It seems like, you know, we get busy. It's like a year will go by and be like, hey, what's up, dude? What are you doing? Yeah. And that's kind of been the case. Like for you and I, we've known each other from. Yeah, at least, I mean, 13, something mm-hmm. like that, at least then. But we've, we've done business continuously at least something yeah almost every year we shot that first training video for us was kind of ironic that's right yeah Yeah, isn't that fucking wild yeah yeah Yeah. what the twist rate one yeah Hmm. no we shot one for him oh yeah that just made me think of the twist rate it was like twist rate era twist rate era yeah whoever those guys were that you had yeah i had a couple guys working for me uh vince who now works up at bill craft with mike glover so he works up there and uh, a couple other dudes, but we were, we were doing training videos early on and everybody, we probably lost the entire audience. They're like, what training videos or whatever, but we were, we were doing a lot of content specifically in the firearm space. And we would sometimes go out and do different things for like, we did stuff for silencer co. We had done stuff for um, OSS suppressors. We did stuff for you yeah. guys. Like, and it was all just kind of onesie twosie stuff because we were just trying to pay the bills. We were just like trying to get by. We were, I remember that. We were sharing a shop with a lawn mowing and ice service. You remember that shit? <laughs> oh, yeah. So the used car building, dude, it felt like. And yeah. it was just there was like hundreds of used printers in there that you didn't know why they were there or what they were doing. And and the flag, so the flag that sits behind Rogan in his old studio yeah. was built by another startup uh that Josh. We, yeah, Josh. Vanderbrink had started that company and he was sharing the shop with us. So, and then we had uh, Ready Man, Black Rifle, all these other entities. And we were all like just yeah. right there. And that place was an absolute shithole. You remember, yeah. <laughs> you remember that place? Yeah. I sure do. Dude, Logan and Logan was like. That was the first building we were really yeah, in. Yeah. 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 You're we like, I better, I better refresh that? my resume because this shit ain't going to last forever. <laughs> yeah. Back then, like, I mean, I think you guys did that video and we we traded you like a couple Glocks or something yeah. for it. Like, yeah, it was Glocks. Yeah, it was yeah. some Zev Glocks or something. <laughs> uh, but I, I remember how, it's just crazy because back then I was like, the thought of a $2,500 video, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is so expensive. Must, yeah. What is it, a 10-minute movie? or <laughs> Now yeah. it's like... Yeah, this better make me laugh. Like $2,500 doesn't even get you an you're like, email you when answer. <laughs> you're like, you remember when you were nickel and dime me on this whole video? It's like a two-day capture and like a month of edits. Now. I should break you through the coals. Now In fairness, that. though, I couldn't afford more than that. 
Yeah, well, in fairness, you can. <laughs> Dude, but that that whole thing that we were doing cuz I had stuffed like coffee uh burlap sacks in a bag and I was I was just started to shoot my trad bow. You remember that shit? We built those yep. cables out yep. there. Logan had an overhead rig. He was he started something called Man hacks. He was doing some videos on. Yeah, man I, was, I remember uh, seeing that, those. Yeah, in that same building, there was this guy who was in maximum security prison for like twenty five years. Yeah, you got a tattoo by that guy, up, and he's oh, like, "I was the tattooer," and I was like, "Make pay for that tattoo." I was like, "Make me a gun," and he and tattoo me, and he made me uh, a tattoo gun out of a bic pen. Yeah, a motor from a Walkman. Yep, a. Uh, a needle from a guitar string. Uh, you know, I, I have a couple regrets in life. Letting him go all the way through with that was one of them. Mm-hmm. And he, he did. What all did you let him do? He, I let him do the he, elbow. He, 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 Just the elbow. <laughs> Come on now. Come yeah. on now. He, he taught you all his prison secrets? <laughs> did you rifle through his prison why you, wallet? Why, when he pulled his pocket out and you were walking around holding it, what did that mean? <laughs> he just, he, he had like a really mouth. good prison wallet. You know, yeah. it was tight, but you could fit Super a lot of bills tight. in there. And he tattooed this like weird cat it's, man guy on yeah. me. Yeah. And no hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, great prison guy. Good job. But yeah. Oh, that was the type Lord. of stuff that was going on in that building. But like, <laughs> do you remember great. when that was like we had like three, around 3,000 coffee club members at that yeah. point? And we transferred them all manually. With we, like we five lost, guys in a room and we, we were calling lost, every one of those guys. We lost all of our customer data for like 3,000 people. Yeah. And so for like two weeks straight, all we were doing was getting on the phone and yeah. just cold calling all our customers. Like, hey, do you sorry. think we could get was your credit card information those, back? Was this the time with those little survival card things? Because mm-hmm. yeah, I remember when that time. like went to shit. Like in terms of too many people. That was a separate business. Yeah. But it was like, it was kind of the same, but it was like, you know, we were we were working through all these like technology systems, and we're just like scraping our knuckles on the ground trying yeah, to figure we're this all shit out. As fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were like, I was like the best. I was the best uh, computer guy that we had because I was at eighteen Echo, and that was like that's not saying much. <laughs> I can program a radio, old magnesium battery over here. Yeah, I'm like uh, I don't know. My dad came down and did a couple of videos with us, and he had welded. We were using batteries and uh, we had daisy chained batteries and put, was it um, hangers, right? We're using fucking hangers to weld shit together for one of our videos. And it it was super cool because I was like, I just asked my dad, I was like, hey, can you do this? Can can, Do you remember how to do this? He's like, oh, I think I could figure it out. And standing in a bucket of water. Yeah. Well, it goes to show you like how... The content game, like you just got to start doing it. And just like yeah. you, like when in that same building, we are like, we got to do fucking content, man. Yeah. Like we got to get some stuff up. And like, you know, we had all touched on it in, in a few different ways, but we were by no means very good at it back then. And that was when we filmed that first AeroPress video mm-hmm. and like the lighting was shitty Shit. and like you had like seven cups of coffee at eight o'clock at night. And we were in that warehouse until like 11. And we were just like, it it, it was so authentic because we were just like, we just wanted to do this thing collectively. And then we threw that thing in the editing system. And it was like, 
what the fuck is this? What are we going to do with this? And yeah. I was like, no, I got it. Like, yeah. we, we just got to embrace what we are with this, like, irreverent type of humor and linking back to, like, these fucking crazy coffee guys. And I remember Mod, our e-commerce guy, was telling me, he's like, that was the video. That was the video that got me to love you guys and made me really want to be a part of the company because it just felt like you guys were just trying so hard that it resonated with people. And I think that's probably the same way with you when it comes back to like, man, you just got to get your your feet wet, start trying stuff out, learn along the way, and then like kind of just see where it can potentially go. Yeah. I think the other thing too is uh, when you're first starting out, unless you got a big old stack of money to get you going. And as you get, even that won't take you all the way to relationships, man. Your, no. uh, your, your rep and the relationships that you've had, or I mean, the way you get, you call somebody and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, if Evan needs it, then, then I know he needs it. I know he'd reciprocate the same shit. And I think, uh, that with, you know, a lot of our vendors were, um, on the DDI side were friends. So when I'm yeah. like, Hey, I got this stupid idea. Will you let me take some pictures? You know, they probably were, didn't really think much of it. They're like, yeah, here, here's five grand. Go take some pictures of our backpacks, you know? Right. And, and, uh, but I think, uh, as you kind of move forward, like a lot of people are one and dones and just bend people over the first chance they can save a penny. And, uh, and I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say I've, I've never zigged when I should have zagged or fucking had egg on sure. my face, but yeah. for the most part, like, those relationships I think is where the value are and you definitely gotta um you gotta develop those because that's what's gonna get you started and it's gonna be what is gonna pick you up when you fall down because you're gonna fucking fall down. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. You're you're gonna, you're gonna eat shit. Yeah. I mean I still still eating some shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean it's like uh, well, like you're so tell everybody like what the main offering, like where you're putting a, a majority of your time, like you're, you're like shooting stuff for call of duty now, man. Like yeah. you, you've made it to, to a really good place. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a good ride. That's definitely another thing where I didn't really see it coming. It, it started with, uh, we were doing props for this, this, uh, show on history channel called six. Uh, we had one guy up in, in Canada and, you know, so we kind of met some people up there and then, um, you know, you, you probably know like the the guys from like Six Shooter and stuff. I think Andy was part mm-hmm. of it for a while, and and uh, a couple other guys. Anyways, those guys were were uh, doing some um, advising up there. You know, tech advising because right. you got to have a trade in and stuff from yep. a lot of that stuff. And um, but anyways, it kind of just hooked us up. We're like, hey, some of the dudes at Call of Duty want to look through some night vision, see what it looks like. So we rented some night vision out to them and. Right they kind of gave us a soft pitch on, on, um, you know, these guys can shoot some content. And so they gave us a, you know, a pretty small photo shoot and it went well. And then we did more and more and now we're shooting all the games, like the, the games that are wrapping up the games that are coming out and then the games that are way, way far into the future. And slowly been getting more and more of that, that, uh, piece of that pie. So it's, it's been good. How many people you have working for you now? In the office, we have, I don't know, 12 or something like in the office every right. day. And then like another 10 or so that are, you know, um, working at home and doing things like that. Um, got everything from, like we got a guy that manages social media for a couple different brands like Opscore and stuff. Um, and uh, I managed 
ours, obviously. Right. It's pretty basic, but it's the message that I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, we got a couple of people that do that. We got, you know, a, a photographer or video guy that works from his house just because most of the time he's sitting there and that's what he wants. And so we got a few people like that, but yeah, more than 10, less than 20. Yeah. Full time. Well, I think it would be super cool. You know, there's, there's a ton of people who play Call of Duty at this point or have in the past, like that a lot of that imagery or a good chunk of imagery is, is coming from people who have lived that lifestyle. And, and yeah, cause that's what like you ultimately want, like same with our brand, like we want it to maintain that authenticity across the board. So it's like, oh, yep. Like yeah. it, it's legit. Yeah. We've been trying to help out with that in terms of like what the characters looks like. And then a lot with the casting too, you know, they'll send us some artwork. This is roughly what we want. Uh, can you go find somebody and we'll, then we'll bring somebody in and normally they just take who, who we want to plug in there. And sometimes we'll give them a couple different options and they won't want one person for one reason or another, but yeah, that's super cool. So they're like, they're sending you concept art mm -hmm. and then you're essentially making that a real thing, right? Yeah, From the so, person to the kit, well, to the, the rifle, the whole nine. Yeah. And then we send them out to LA and they get scanned in so that they, you know, have all their, their dimensions and how they move and facial expressions, and that kind of thing. And then, uh, and then we help with the kit to kind of get that to where it looks like. And, and we've been doing some other stuff that hasn't really popped yet, but some other parts of the game that, that will come out. Um, so does that include hopefully. everything? So when, when you're building a persona or whatever, are they asking you, Hey, what kind of radios, what kind of gear, where do the pouches go? Are they asking you all that stuff or is that something you're just doing? Both. Both. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a big legal side of it. And this is the little bit that I know about mm -hmm. it. By no means is this the disclaimer that the, the Call of Duty Activision standpoint, but from what I understand, um, everything has a, it goes through a pretty uh, stringent legal process in terms right. of making sure that um, they're not using somebody's IP or, or something like that by using their specific product. And there's a certain amount they have to change everything. So a lot of people are like, oh, that gun doesn't look right. Well, it's on purpose. Right. Because even if company XYZ uh, wants Black Rifle Coffee in their thing and... But then they decide later that, oh, I can also get $100 million from a multi-billion dollar company right. by doing this lawsuit. I'll take the $100 billion too, yeah. or $100 right. million. So mm -hmm. um, I think most people aren't like that. But when you once you get to a certain size, you just got to target on you all the time. So you have to protect against all that. And as you know, more than anyone, like it doesn't matter. Choice can be binary. No matter what you do, they'll find some way to try and fuck you up if you got a target on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, my question was like, for instance, character X, right, yeah. is more of a paramilitary guy. Yep. Are you the guy that's, are they, are they leaning their ladder against your subject matter expertise to be like, this is the type of suppressor, yeah. this is the type of parasol, this is the type of NVG. Are you doing that? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're building out, normally they don't tell us what guns to use. They just right. let us do whatever we want. Right. Um, and, uh. And we'll send over like samples and they'll be like, yeah, there's, there's a little bit with video games, especially where you kind of got to skirt this line where being cool is more important than being correct. Got it. I mean, it, I'm sure you've seen some of those onion videos that are like little, 
little joke videos and oh, stuff yeah. like the Call of Duty one where they're like, it's the most realistic uh, depiction of military life. And it's just like six hours of a guy cleaning a Humvee or something. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, this one, I'm just staring off in the desert. Oh, I got shot by a sniper. I'm dead. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so, I mean, there definitely is stuff where there's exposed frags and certain things or, um, you know, stuff that. I mean, we all know that like you start off in the the first year or two that you're in the military, you, all you can wait to do is put this awesome knife on your kit somewhere. Yeah. And by the yeah. end, it's this little tiny yeah. MRE opener that doesn't why, weigh why anything. Did, why does this character yeah. not have any water? Like, yeah. How's he staying hydrated? It doesn't look cool. Like <laughs> yeah. having a bunch of fucking canteens. Yeah. So, These two courts are yeah. definitely not uh, cool looking. Yeah. So there's some of that that is, is that, and it depends on which, you know, which project too, like some, some of the, um, projects under Call of Duty, some of the games are more interested in authenticity and some of them are a little more playful. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's, but yeah, we try and, we try and get as far most realistic as possible with, without being stupid. Like if something, you can't see it, like, Oh sweet. There's something in that pouch that you're never going to know there. No, we want to see that there's some boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, Right. Well, that's one thing I wanted to like make sure the audience knows as as far as the authenticity on our side is like because because people do see a bunch of content that you know the main characters of Black Rifle aren't in it and like I'm sure a lot of the audience has seen some of the Mad Max stuff we did earlier yeah. this year and like we'll have the producer throw this up either at the beginning or whatnot but it's like yeah even though that stuff isn't you know you're doing a majority of the legwork on that. Like this is still relationships that we've been building yeah. and it's still super authentic to who we are as a brand. Yeah. And it, it still speaks to like the truth of what's coming out of the collective brains within the, the two spaces. I've never really, I mean, I've done it too. And you look at something that looks horrible and the guy's scopes on backwards or he's wearing the wrong uniform or whatever. There's yeah. something, something that's not contextually correct. But to me, I'm more or less like, oh, this is just sloppy. But right. it's kind of a non-starter. Like, oh, that's not legit. It's like, well, it's also like a video. What do you think? Like so they did a live hit and somebody just ran yeah. around with the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's, did it's, you think that through before you said it? No, they don't. Or the EOTechs on backwards and you're like, okay. Yep. EOTechs on backwards. I'm just going to sh- change the channel right now and move You on. guys don't even know your shit, let alone why should I trust that you know what I needed to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it happened with, um, did you guys see that Extraction movie with uh, Chris Helmsworth? It was on no. Netflix. It was... I, I, there was a bunch of cool shots there. That one, that one of where this starts out the window and ends up in the vehicle and out. That yeah. was a sick, it, that was it, a sick shot. Some of the shots in it are just yeah. beautiful. Like yeah. it, it's a really cool movie and concept. And I remember before I saw it, like the first thing I saw about that movie was just a bunch of mill and vets just bitching about his kit. Yeah. He just had like a super generic chest rig and like right. everybody were just tearing it apart. They weren't commenting whatsoever about the actual contents of the movie and how epic it was. It was just like that one piece of his gear just like took them completely out of the movie. One problem that happens with a lot of those movies, and I'm pretty sure they filmed that one overseas, is ITAR. You can't get any of the right yeah. shit. Right. Yeah. So you're you're shopping at at you know wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I'm not saying that they couldn't have got the main character geared up with some airsoft gear that kind of looks right, but it does make things more challenging. We've had a couple things where we we wanted to yeah. do and just sure. it just couldn't get done, even in Canada. Um right. But uh, yeah, that one's pretty. I saw what was the show I was just watching. Um, 
was it? Oh, Punisher. I think it was Punisher. And uh, I think it was the Punisher. But anyways, this guy's got it got an M16. He's like waiting for him to come through, but there's no rounds in it. <laughs> and he's like firing, but there's no belt. <laughs> and uh, and then he comes through and... Uh, no, it was Batman. That's what it was. And uh, he's got this flamethrower and he's going to like, you know, burn him or whatever. And the guy's like one hand in the M16. I believe you. And, <laughs> and then fires another round out of this M16. And I'm just like, oh. God, with nobody there, like, yeah, like how know? how do you like when you have that big of a budget for a movie? Like, you can't just get one tech advisor to, he, to here's just, what like, it is defeat that shit. And everyone that is over there says the same thing. There is like a handful of dudes, all Viet- Vietnam era dudes, that that dominate that space, and they have relationships, yep. and uh, and they are not letting anyone come in there that can outshine the master. Sure. And so I think a lot of them are like this many people know or care if it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm just, it's just frustrating to me because I know we could do it for the same price right. at a much higher level or maybe even cheaper. And, uh, it's just like, it's trying to get your foot in the door. And then sometimes I'm like, do I even want that life? Do I even want to be around all those yeah, people? I don't deal know. with all that on a regular basis. I yeah. I get that. When we saw it, we saw it with range 15. We had, uh, when we were filming that, we had the guys come in that were the subject matter experts on their weapons and what they were doing. And it was like, there's only a handful. Like you said, there's only a handful of guys. And the couple of the guys that we were introduced to, and they ended up not working on Range 15. I can't remember, nor would I disclose their names, but they were SF, right? And then within 30 seconds... It was like, oh, see, you're not SF. Like straight up. It was so easy for us to flush that out. And, you know, especially with Range 15, because there's so many different veterans in that movie and guys were coming in, clouding some form of resume that was completely fictional. And within 30 seconds, you're like, oh, this guy's full of shit. It works in LA. It doesn't work here. It doesn't work here. I mean, you have a group of guys out there in LA and they've just like totally snowed these, these guys making films and there's only a few handfuls of people that have legit credibility, like real backgrounds. And the rest of those guys are just kind of like, whatever. I mean, Jericho, I think he's finally got his foot in the door with a lot of those, you know, a lot of those companies, but at least over the last few years, I think some of the right people are trying to surface up over there, it seems like, because yeah. I'm, running into, I'm running into more of them. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm doing. You know, like Tyler Gray's a good example. Yeah, exactly. Th- that guy is knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and now he's, he's directing, yeah. he's acting in and and tech advising for, uh, that's the- SEAL team. SEAL team on CBS, I believe, yeah. One of those big networks. Yeah. But Tyler's a really good example, which I think is truly ironic and a little bit funny that, you know, the former army guy that's- uh, directing episodes for SEAL Team the movie the <laughs> series. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, the guy's fucking hilarious, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna find another person that's more qualified to kind of be in the background sure. yeah. sorting out what's happening prior, what the conversations would actually sound like, yeah. what the gear is going to look like. So it, when I, I've only seen a couple episodes, I can't really say that I've seen too many, yeah, but at I've least he's doing it right. Yeah. I mean, when you look about 
at content across time, you look back at like some of those eighties movies, like oh, people God. didn't even start shooting rifles from the shoulder until like no. 95. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I would have loved <laughs> to have gone back though. Can you imagine like doing this now, like going back to those really shitty Vietnam movies that were made in the eighties and like, yeah, yeah the dual sixties, <laughs> you know, like, okay. First of all, dumb, dumb, that doesn't work. Or like who got the bright idea to let Rambo shoot a fucking arrow at a helicopter? Yes. <laughs> you're like, dude, that wouldn't work. What you, you're Haters. Haters, man. <laughs> yeah. I think that's arrow. totally realistic. Totally realistic. Yeah. I mean, it had this much explosives on the <laughs> It's just like yeah. it's a, it's just splitting an atom. Yeah. This thing's just like falling out of the sky. Yeah. And you're like, that wouldn't even penetrate the skin. It probably wouldn't even go off. Yeah. It'd like fly 30 yards. And well, it's just so you get hit the rotor wash. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That thing weighs 300 grams. I yeah. think it would just go. Yeah. yeah. You, you're. You're not using something even as heavy as an explosive tip arrow to hunt a grizzly bear and your maxima, max effective range is like 50 yards or something like that with a, with even with a, because that's a recurve that he was shooting from. So it's a recurve. I don't even now think he was yeah, using right. a yeah. fucking compound and he's like screwing this on. You're like, dude, why don't you just, so if you just use a 40 the- millimeter, like, <laughs> like, yeah. punk, punk, like you're yeah. done. It's, yeah. it's good. Homie. You're like, it's- and even those, those are th- three times the size of that. And I've seen what they do. It's almost nothing. (laughs) Yeah. It It only matters what looks cool. That's by far the most important thing. And you know, I mean, Sly did look pretty ripped. He really did. There's a reason why his shirt was off most of that. I would imagine that second one, at least. Yeah. And a little bit extra help. Yeah. Did you know, uh, did you know John Croft when you were in the Marine Corps? Do you know Big Daddy? Uh, not, not well, but I know of him. Of course. Hey guys, fucking epic. He's one of those guys that like everybody I talk to in the recon community knows of him. Oh yeah. yeah. And so to have him on this team now, it's just like, it, he's he's got that. He's an awesome teacher and, and mentor to all the people that are coming on board now. Yeah. And yeah. It's really grown. It's cool. But that it is awesome to see like both what you're doing with Call of Duty and then, you know, Jericho and uh, Chili Palmer was the tech advisor for... Uh, that extraction movie, like it, it is. It's getting oh, better. Oh, Chili was. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, it's definitely improving. It's cool to see. Is that it? Is that what we got? I think that's, Jeez, I mean, that's good. I know you got a hard out. Yeah, hard yeah. out. Thanks a lot, Jim. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks Check for out having Tech me. Gas.